Hey, it's Heike and welcome back to the show. Our interview today will be so informative and eye-opening. I have no doubt that you will listen to the episode twice because you may be the person who has joint pain, stomach issues, brain fog, or other immune issues. And you may be on some medication that you wish you didn't have to take. But overall, things are just feeling off and you can't seem to find the answer that you need to get back to feeling great. And you may think, maybe it's all in my head. And so in today's episode, we're talking about fibromyalgia and is it all in your head or is it not? Let's dive into this week's feature content. Hi, I'm Heike Yates, a fitness and nutrition coach with over 35 years of experience. I'm on a mission to empower women over 50 to reclaim their health, strength, and vibrancy and step into the best version of themselves during this extraordinary phase of life. You're joining an incredible global community of women who have decided to stop dimming their light and ignite their inner spark instead. I'm thrilled to have you with us. On this podcast, I break down complex fitness, nutrition, and mindset concepts into easy, achievable steps that you can incorporate into your life today. No matter where you are, it's never too late to start. I sit down with some truly amazing people who've gone from tough times to great heights and experts who share tips to tackle your challenges. You'll feel supported knowing you're not alone in your journey. It's like having a personal support team in your corner. Together, we're going to change the conversation around aging, break down barriers, and reveal the true power of being over 50. So let's challenge the norms, take action, and say, yes, I can. This is the Pursue Your Spark podcast. Well, hi, everybody. I'm super excited to introduce our guest today, and it's Efrat Lamandre, known as Dr. E. She is the founder of The New Method, where she empowers patients to realize that their symptoms are not in their heads. As a result, she helps people optimize their health, prevent illness, reduces medication, and helps them feel great. Dr. East also sits on the board of trustee for Staten Island University Hospital, serves as the president of the Nurse Practitioner Association. In addition, Efrat owns a primary care practice called Ichi Healthcare, a medical scribe company, Hawks Hawk Scribe, and an education company, EG Prep. She's also the host of the New Method podcast and... Last but not least, she is the author of the book titled, It's Not In Your Head. Welcome to the show, E. Thank you. I haven't heard that bio yet, so that's nice. <laughs> it's pretty good, right? It, I was like, oh my God, I hope I can see all of this. <laughs> Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. <laughs> it's a pleasure. So what are you most passionate about? Oh, that's a good one. What am I most passionate about? Um, I am most passionate about, in terms of the new method, I'm most passionate about um, empowering patients to realize that their symptoms are not in their head. 
That's why true, I wrote true. the book. <laughs> I love the book. And I mean, I came across you on Instagram and I was following you and I love the message you had because in my practice as a coach, um, I come across all these people coming in saying, Heike, what do you think? What do you think it is? I'm like, well, I'm not a doctor. How do I know? But you're like, you know so much and I have this and that. And I don't know what it is. What do you think? I was like, well, and, you know, we're trying to figure it out and that it's not in their head. And that one of the topics we also talk about is fibromyalgia that uh, ties into a whole bunch of other um, systemic diseases that we have no answers for. And we get the roundabout from our doctors. Yeah. So, I mean, you touched on a lot of things. The first part is, well, what do I do? How do I know what's going on? Um, <clears throat> and then you also touched about the round, getting like a, maybe a run around from our doctors. I just want to say this. It's not that the doctors necessarily are giving you a run around. It's that because no one goes into med school to, to, to harm others. There's no conspiracy, right? You know, like all my colleagues are, you know, these are smart humans that dedicate at least 10 years of their life to go to school. Um, but everyone has a limited set of tools. And so you can go to one doctor and they will apply their tools and the next I'll apply their tools. And it may just be that you haven't found the person with the right tools, but they're not necessarily giving you the runaround. Um, so, and the reason I say that is because my first practice, e.g. healthcare, is con I practice conventional medicine. And if you would have come to me seven years ago with some of the things I treat now, I would have been like, I, I don't know what this is. You know, your labs are fine. I, I was guilty of the same thing. It took a personal experience to realize the limitation of conventional medicine because we never learned that there was a limitation. And then to go back to school and unlearn some things, learn some new things and bring it back to my patients. So there's, so I always want to say that because there's no, there's no malice on the part of the doctor. It's just, it's just, we all learn, we learn. You can't go to an electrician and ask for plumbing. Very true. And you know, I'm glad that you're addressing it this way, because it is true. How will we know everything, even in my field? I don't know about everything. You know, I Google, but you know, I'm, yeah, I don't know everything. And it's, it's good that we have so many different uh, specialties that we can go and hone in on different things. But what I want to, where I want to backtrack a little bit is you didn't start out being a healthcare practitioner. You got a degree in English literature. Oh so. my God. How far back did you go? <laughs> oh, I, I read everything. I was like, Ooh, what can I find out about my I didn't guest? Even find that. I don't even know where that is. <laughs> it's in your book. It is in your book. In my book. Okay, it's in your book. book. <laughs> that's so funny. Oh, uh, you're the first one who's ever asked me about that. And so that's good because I'm I'm feeling so confident in a podcast. And uh, it's the first time I got asked this question. It's good. Keep me on my toes. Yeah. So like a million years ago, because so I'm 50 now. So my first degree was in my 20s was English lit. Um, and you know, but then I I didn't do much with that. I I stayed home, I raised my kids, and it was later on that I became a nurse and a nurse practitioner. And that's when I opened up EG Healthcare. So it was it was um, a, a career post post kids. Um, wow, you took me back. That's awesome. And yeah, so EG Healthcare is is it's local. It's here in Staten Island, New York. We serve over fifteen thousand patients um, locally, um, and we do primary care, which is basically what you experience at your uh, doctor's office. And there's guideline driven medicine and it's and and 
all primary care for anyone who's listening or all conventional medicine for anyone listening is always going to be find the pathology and then treat it, right? Find the diagnosis and treat it. So let's just go for easy one. Find diabetes, give diabetes medication. Find the hypertension, give it uh, blood pressure medication. But if you are one of the people who don't, who have symptoms, but you don't meet the criteria for a diagnosis, conventional medicine is not for you. And this is the land of, I don't feel good itis, but all my labs are fine. And that is when you need to kind of say, first of all, be, it's good that they didn't find any pathology. That's a good thing, right? You, you, it's good that no one found that you're sick, but it's annoying because you're like, but I really don't feel well. And that's when you start feeling like the, the system's against you. It's not against you. As I said, it just doesn't have the tools. So that's when you turn to someone like me or functional medicine provider. And what we do is we say, okay, these symptoms are here and you may not have a medical diagnosis yet, but either you are what I call pre-disease so it takes years to be uh, diagnosed with autoimmunity. You're not, you know, people will, one of the reasons that people feel like getting the runaround and, you know, they might be getting lab tests for five or 10 years is because the, the blood markers, the serological markers don't necessarily turn on. They'll turn on years after the patient is not well. So you'll be unwell for a really long time, normal, normal, normal labs. And then 10 years later, the labs will change and that doctor will be like, hey, guess what you have? You have lupus. And you'll say, I knew it. I felt it for the past 10 years. Yeah, but 10 years ago, your markers weren't positive. So a lot of my patients who come to me are saying, I don't feel good, but I have no markers. So in functional medicine, we kind of say, well, we don't really need to wait for those markers because we're not prescribing medication, right? The medication is when you're in conventional medicine, but we still want to adjust your headache your joint pain, there's still a trigger, there's inflammation going on. We don't need to wait for it to have a name. So we can intervene and start doing interventions to help those symptoms because do you really care what it's called if at the end of the day you feel better, if the headache goes away and the joint pain goes away and maybe we've averted ever getting a diagnosis 10 years from now, then we won, right? So, so we have patients like that. And then we have patients, so we have this pre-disease patient, this is about finding the inflammation and calming down the inflammation. But then we have patients who are suffering from certain ailments that conventional medicine really doesn't recognize. For example, mold toxicity. There really is no room for mold toxicity in conventional medicine. Lyme, there is room for Lyme, but only if you meet a very specific criteria and then the treatment is antibiotics. But in functional medicine, we recognize that there's a lot of tick-borne diseases and that there is such a thing as chronic Lyme. Um, it's not really accepted in conventional medicine. So you're either in a state of pre-disease, I don't feel good this, or Dealing with something that there's absolutely no tools to find in conventional medicine. And that is probably many of your listeners. And that's, I love that. Because also you use the functional, uh, you use the term functional in modern medicine. Is, is that what, what, what you would consider modern? I would say versus medicine, you know, conventional medicine is, it's so necessary. It's, it's, you know, uh, without question, but. Anytime you look at any type of um, algorithm in functional medicine, let's just say blood pressure, the very first line will say lifestyle modification. And then the second line will be which medication to get. So in conventional medicine, we skip that line of lifestyle. We just tell the patient, hey, listen, just lose some weight, go to the gym, and here's some medication. And so, and, and again, not because of malice, because they never really teach us that in, in conventional medicine. Like, what does that mean, lifestyle modification? Like, how do we do that? How do we measure it? How do, right? So, there, so you skip the line. So it's in conventional medicine, 
to discuss lifestyle modification, but there's no, no one's doing it. So we're actually the very first line of absolutely every single algorithm in conventional medicine is lifestyle modification. So that's what functional medicine is. Functional medicine is utilizing all the tools of conventional medicine, the labs, the objective markers, but using as much lifestyle modification. Lifestyle means food, supplements, environment, sleep, stress, movement, all of that to move the needle on your health to either reduce or not need medication. So it so functional medicine is conventional medicine leveled up. You know, I call my practice not just I teach Pilates and nutrition and strength and, and intermittent fasting. I call it a whole body approach. Uh, it's like when I, when I work with clients or with groups, it's not just about wanting to lose weight, wanting to get a be a better faster. Um, because I also have to teach them that intermittent fasting can improve their, increase their inflammation. It's not always a a sure thing. And as I look at it more from like you, from an integrative point of view, as opposed to, Oh, here we do Pilates. And they're like, no, Pilates has this and this and this and this and this layer. So let's go dive deep into that. And that's one of the things I love about integrative medicine. And just recently, one of my clients, I sent one of my clients to an integrative medicine specialist here in Maryland, where I am, because she has rheumatoid arthritis and uh, her doctor wants to put her on massive drugs. And I said, listen, let's explore other possibilities. See what somebody else with a different perspective and a different toolkit can offer you and see if that is something that works with you, with your lifestyle and with what your body needs. You know, maybe you don't need to be on those mega strong drugs. But like you said earlier, there's only so many tools you have when you're trained in a certain way, if if that's where you focus on. And, and uh, yep, so my daughter had Lyme, so I hear you about the Lyme. Yep. Yeah. So let's, let's speak to both of those. So rheumatoid arthritis, like any autoimmune issue, is going to be treated with something that is one matter of another going to suppress your immune system. So it's this conversation that says something went haywire in your immune system. It is now attacking yourself. Rheumatoid will be joints. Psoriasis will be skin, right? So something's attacking your own body. And since we don't really know in conventional medicine how to really target that very specific attack, we're just going to shut down the whole immune system, calm down the whole immune system. That That's a tool set we have. Each medication does it differently and a different layer of the immune system, but that's what it is. It's a, it's a complete fire suppression and the patient feels better, but now you have the side effects of having a suppressed immune system. So in, in functional medicine, we say, okay, but what happened that caused that trigger for that immune system to go awry? And when you sit down with a patient, when I sit, my consults take about an hour, the patient will tell me the story. And then I go back in time to when they were born until however old they are. And so when you start like pulling the camera out, you could start seeing what happened here. What happened here? Is it your belly? Is it ever since you had your concussion? Is it ever since you, you know, you had a divorce ever since you had COVID, but what, what happened here? And when you start peeling it back and looking at the source of inflammation, you can't cure the autoimmunity. You can't no one should ever claim to cure an autoimmunity, but you can make it where the flare-ups are so insignificant that it feels cured. So for example, I have a patient with rheumatoid arthritis. Um, We cleaned up her nutrition and without question for her, any amount of sugar, the next day her joints are stiff. 
without question. We we got she's so clean now that she knows us. Even if she's having a gluten-free, you know, dairy-free cookie, the next day she has trouble making a fist. So now this is a person who has complete control over her health destiny. If she chooses to have a cookie, the next day she can't move. If she chooses to refrain, she is completely mobile and completely able to have her life. This is control. This is complete control. She now knows the trigger of, of what is causing that cascade of inflammation that is attacking her joints. And that is what we hope to achieve in functional medicine, that you are going to be able to figure out your triggers. And then you can decide, right, if you're going to partake in those triggers or not. But now you are in control of what's happening. And that it's a very different approach than just suppressing the whole system. Yeah. Yeah. And it's always what I, I, I tell my uh, clients as like, like you said, the cookie is a good example because it's exactly what this client did. And she says, oh, I had this gluten-free cookie and, you know, my hands are really, I'm like, uh, well, I, I'm here for Pilates for you, but I'm, this is not my department. But it's, I always say, you choose, either you choose healthy or you choose not healthy or in, in a sense for your body. Do I want to do something for my health? Is it important enough? Or is it, or am I not, am I not that important that I say, ah, I blow off the cookie and I deal with the pain? Same thing. Yeah. And, 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 and sometimes you're going to want the cookie. There's a celebration there's, and that's fine. So then you know that come Monday morning would not be a good day to plan a big presentation at work. You know, <clears throat> you plan accordingly, just like you wouldn't show up for your exam after a night of drinking. You probably don't want to show up for an event after a weekend of having, you know, a nutrition that doesn't work for you. But you're still in control. You can make those decisions 100%. Um, and, and then you mentioned your daughter with Lyme. Lyme is one of those things, again, conventional medicine has a very specific test. And if it doesn't pass that test, you are negative. And then it has one treatment, which is antibiotics. And then there is no conversation of chronic Lyme. It's done. It's treated. It's finished. Uh, and that's simply not true. Um, we, there are labs out there, unfortunately not covered by insurance, that can pick up Lyme and other tick-borne diseases that Quest Diagnosis is not picking up. And then there's this conversation that, great, thanks, I got the antibiotics. And I'm not against it, especially early on with, with Lyme. You're going to want the antibiotics. But that Lyme now could have triggered in that patient a whole cascade of events of inflammatory events, it may have triggered an autoimmune event, it may have triggered IBS, and all of that is making the patient unwell. So great, you took the antibiotics, but what are we doing with this whole cascade of symptoms that happen? And that is chronic Lyme, You're right? So we have to address all of that as well, and that there's just no there's just no room for that. Yeah, I know what bring that around the conversation to fibromyalgia because that's that's also that it ties all in so well with that where you're going okay, it's and I titled this episode fibromyalgia is it all in your head so that's the title of our episode because I want to bring these two things together I want to go through the symptoms and what is fibro and then tie it in with uh in the end again with what we're talking about is is it in your head what can I do. So what is fibromyalgia? Okay, so this is really good. I'm actually doing, I'm doing a live podcast on this next week, but I'm sure this is being aired after that. Um, so I get a lot of slack when I say this and TikTok got very mad at me. Um, oh, poor you. <laughs> it's okay. Sorry. 
but here's the sentence. And then before anyone who's listening gets triggered, you have to listen to the explanation. Uh, fibromyalgia is not an acceptable diagnosis. Now that does not mean that your symptoms are not real. I mean, I mean, I literally wrote a book called it's not in your head. So those page, those people on TikTok who after that sentence started attacking me clearly did not hear the last three minutes um, of the whole video, right? They only listened to 30 seconds. So it's not an acceptable diagnosis because you should want more for yourself. So what is fibromyalgia? Fibromyalgia is a constellation. It's primarily a pain syndrome. It's a constellation of, of people who are in pain, the different categories and, and, and areas of pain. Um, and then, all, so pain is kind of like the mainstay of it. And then there are other parts of fibro that are individuals. Some people experience cognitive issues. Some people experience emotional issues. There's like a, so there's this constellation of symptoms but everything shows up negative. So they have no autoimmune issues. Um, all their blood work is negative. And so it is what we call a diagnosis of exclusion. We excluded everything else. The patient still has these symptoms. So we now call it fibromyalgia. This is really problematic. Some, some people feel, great, I finally know what I have. No, you don't. You just got a Latin name for your muscles and your joints hurt. Like you absolutely do not know what's going on with you. And the reason people sometimes get upset is because they think when I say that, that I think they're making it up. I don't think you're making it up. And in fact, I want to double down and keep hunting. And when you accept the diagnosis of fibromyalgia, what you don't understand is that from this point on, every time you go into a medical office and say fibromyalgia, the providers are no longer listening to you. Because in the conventional medicine world, they think you're crazy. If you're that, it's it's almost like code word for okay, this person just complains a lot. Okay, so you're not doing yourself any anything by walking into the next doctor's office and saying, "Yeah, I've been diagnosed with fibromyalgia." First of all, that new doctor is not looking for anything else past that. And second of all, they pretty much are in in the back of their mind. They're saying, "No, this person's crazy." So you really, it's such a disservice. It's such a disservice. So what you want to do when you get the diagnosis and say, okay, cool. I really appreciate the fact that you didn't find anything. That's awesome. Now I need to go, like I said earlier, <clears throat> to someone who's going to help me manage the symptoms. Because do you really need a name or do you just want to feel better? Let's make you feel better. And now we have to start exploring. So in my opinion, fibromyalgia is either, again, pre-disease <clears throat> and your markers just didn't catch up. Or we're dealing with something altogether different that conventional medicine is never going to find, right? Excuse me. <clears throat> Sorry about that. So you want to keep digging. So the first thing I would do with all of my patients, but certainly my fibromyalgia patients, first thing I do for everyone is clean up nutrition. Even if you think you're clean, there's probably a different level of clean that we could do. Why? Well, first of all, it could be nutritional. It'd be pretty awesome if that was the first answer. Sometimes it is. You know, sometimes I'm lucky after like 30, 60 days, patients like I feel never felt better. Great. Awesome. Let's start talking about reintroductions because we can't stay on a restricted diet forever. Um, but it is a really, it's a really important, you have to kind of clear the weeds. You have to level the playing field and make sure that before I go hunting for other options that I've removed other possible, like I don't want to go hunting for mold and you're sensitive to gluten and I didn't remove gluten or you're sensitive to legumes and I didn't remove legumes or dairy. And now I'm hunting over here. And meanwhile, you're eating something every single day that's triggering 
your fibro symptoms. So you have to level out the playing field. The other reason you level out playing field is because when you are in the most optimized nutrition, whatever comes next is going to require remediation. And I can't remediate you if you're still eating a standard American diet. So step one, and this is in my book also, because whether you choose to work with me or someone else or do it on your own, there has to be a method. That's why I called it the new method. New, because you always knew there was a better way. Method, because you have it. You just don't want to be haphazard about it, right? So the new method. So start with nutrition. And you do a symptom check-in. I do like a symptom check-in with my patients first. I get a score. And then you do it again every month. Why? Because you might be really focused on your joint pain that's killing you and not notice that your headache got better or your skin got better, right? So you really want to go symptom by symptom by symptom and say, oh, wow, look, when I changed my nutrition, my skin got better. But... I still have joint pain. Okay, cool. So we know that skin's related to nutrition, but maybe not joint. And as you start like kind of doing things line by line, you start getting less and less symptoms and it becomes more and more targeted, right? So then, and then the next step, depending on what's left, I kind of know which test to do next. If we clean it up and everything feels great except for your belly, I'll do a stool test. If everything feels terrible except for your joints, I will recommend that we go for tick-borne disease. If everything is uh, better except maybe fatigue or really sensitive to smell, I'm going to go to mold. But I don't start with the testing. I always start with a clean slate. So I just spoke for many, many minutes. Let me pause and see how that resonates for you. All right. All right. You unpacked a lot because I'm like, I, I know about fibromyalgia because I have a client that has fibromyalgia and she's telling me that she was diagnosed with the 11 tender points. Um, that when you Google fibromyalgia and tender points, that seems to be the way to diagnose it. The old Is way. It? So, Not anymore. so how would you diagnose it to go back for that? So the diagnosis of exclusion. Okay. Okay. All right. I, I like there that. There is no test for fibromyalgia. The tender points is old school. We don't do that anymore because more people who have fibromyalgia don't have those tender points. Um, so it's a diagnosis of exclusion, which is why it's so problematic. Uh-huh. And there's a new test that there's is that they're trying to market called the F slash M test that they're saying is the fibro test. But all that test um, tests for is certain inflammatory markers that they're saying are found in people with fibromyalgia. So all you're basically saying, like everyone's excited about this test, but I'm like, Great. You just told me you have inflammation and a specific pattern in inflammation and people have fibromyalgia that still did nothing to figure out the trigger of this. So the problem with fibromyalgia is precisely because it lacks any specific thing. Rheumatoid arthritis, you have RF factors. Okay. Lupus, you have certain markers. Fibromyalgia is the absence of all markers. If you've been wondering how to say goodbye to bloating, constipation, or digestive discomfort, our course, Belly Bliss, How to Combat Bloating and Digestive Issues, is designed just for you. The course dives into understanding the gut, shedding light on why bloating occurs, and how practices like mindful eating and intermittent fasting can make a significant difference. We talk about the role of exercise, hydration, stress, and pre- and probiotics in maintaining gut health. 
The course is here to help you understand your body better and make choices that will make you feel good inside and out. By the end of our course, you won't just be equipped with the knowledge, but also the confidence to make healthier choices for your gut. So why wait? Come along and let's start this feel-good journey together. I'll leave a link in the show notes so that you and your gut can start feeling healthier today. Wee, this is really cool. I'm glad I picked that topic. <laughs> so then when, when you're saying, okay, I have a question. It's like, what are the symptoms of fibromyalgia? Yeah, so, everything. That's, that's the problem. That, that, that's the, right. So it's, it's start like at its base has to be pain. And that's why they started with tender points. Pain is the common denominator for people with fibromyalgia. They're in constant state of pain. But then there's a whole other secondary list of symptoms that people can have, but not everyone has those. So pain is underlying. So people also have fibro fog, like mental fog. That was, Some yep. people will also have chronic depression, anxiety. Some people will also have skin issues. Some people will also have stomach issues. So it's everything plus pain. Mm -hmm. So they've been just given, maybe if somebody has all these symptoms, somebody, she went to a doctor and they said, okay. You have all of this. You probably have fibromyalgia. So we're, we're not so, sure, but we'll we'll give it a name so we can start somewhere maybe, right? No, no, no. No? They don't start with fibromyalgia. They end with fibromyalgia. You come in, they'll test you for everything. You'll get the million-dollar workup. Okay. Everything will be negative. And then you get the label of fibromyalgia. Ah, okay. No, I get it. Okay, okay. That's what diagnosis of exclusion means. You've excluded everything else and then you get fibromyalgia. And that is why it's problematic. Because oh. just because you didn't find, this is my contention, just because you didn't find anything, like fibromyalgia is not a diagnosis. It's an absence of a diagnosis. Go for it. I love the passion about it. I was like, yeah, yeah, oh, I'm, really I'm learning because... Uh, that's I'm learning. People think I'm actually I'm pro the patient. I want to help the patient more. Don't accept it. There's more. That's what I'm saying. And it's it's like you said. You know, I was, was going to ask you about the uh, the the fibro fog, which is what I've learned there is, and then the 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 joint pain, and then uh, the the tenderness, especially around the neck, and and uh, yeah, especially around the neck, at least from from what I have uh, learned, and. Uh, it's sort of like neither here nor there or, or a very big fatigue. So it could be a chronic fatigue syndrome situation as well, which is, we don't want to, we don't want to dive into chronic fatigue because I can see your face. <laughs> well, I can go anywhere you want. Because <laughs> I was like, oh, this is chronic fatigue. I think is the same issue of um, being misdiagnosed or not really understanding what people are doing. So or have it's feeling. not a misdiagnosis. It's just not enough of a diagnosis. It's not, it's just like, it's just, I, I don't know. It's like looking at a wall with a big hole in it and saying, you have big hole-itis. Great. And what are you going to do about it? I, I'm not really sure, but like, that's all it is. Like, it's not a misdiagnosis. Like, yes, fibromyalgia. Fibro means like tissue and myo means muscle and algae means pain. You just said my tissues and my muscle are like, you just described it, but has, you've not talked about the cause. You've not talked about what I could do for it. 
all the medications are just for the symptoms. We give you anxiety medications. We give you like pain medication. So it's not enough. It's not enough. Mm-hmm. It's true. And so when you explained it, and I'm, I'm, I'll keep backtracking him a little bit again That's of fine. what you said, you know, process of elimination. And, that process and, of exclusion, yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's you have a very different tool set and options than conventional medicine has for that. Yes. So most of my patients who come to me are in that state some are called fibromyalgia, some are just called I don't feel good, are in the state of everything that looks good, but I don't feel good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what, what do you get if somebody comes in and says, which is like you said, you had a very personal experience with your wife, that when you say, I don't feel good, and I've been to hundreds of doctors, what, what do I do? I mean, I feel so, so helpless. Um, I, I feel sicker and I don't get better. My, my treatments are not working. The symptoms get, are fluctuating. Uh, what, what do I do as a, as a person? Yeah, that's exactly what I was saying. So you, you have to be methodical about it. You don't want to take every supplement and you don't want to do every test. You have to be methodical about it. So you either find a guide like me or someone like, or try to do it on your own but make sure it's methodical. So that's why I said you always start with nutrition, always. Mm -hmm. Because even if it doesn't solve all of your issues, it will probably solve 50% of your issues, like at least. Because there is something that you're likely consuming every single day that you have categorized as safe that is not safe for you. Like Mm -hmm. I have people who've discovered like avocados are a problem for them. I have people who've discovered that spinach is a problem these are healthy foods these are things you're supposed to eat and for them they were the cause of their psoriasis or their endometriosis or the ibs so there was you must start with nutrition and you have to and you have to, and it's not for a day at least 30 days if longer if possible and then you'd see what symptoms are left and then you go to the next layer which is different testing well let me pack check Anyone who's listening to this and not feeling well, you first start with your primary care. Never, ever self-diagnose. Never skip the step of going to conventional medicine because you do not want to mess around with like mold testing and you're walking around with alpha cancer or anemia or a thyroid issue. So never skip that part. Conventional medicine first. All the specialist referrals they send to next. Do every test, every image that anyone recommends. Then when they don't find anything, that's when you start going to these other sources. Never skip that step because you will not get better. I cannot remediate you from mold. You won't get better if you're walking around anemic or a thyroid that's out of control, right? So never skip that step. So nutrition and then specialized testing depending on the symptoms. And then whatever that testing comes up with, you're going to have targeted like remediation for that issue. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I oftentimes hear too that um, alternative medicine is not covered by insurance. Correct. And pe- people are like, this is crazy expensive. I pay out of pocket. I can't afford this. Um, you could say, well, you know, it's your health. But I, I hear you. I mean, why is it not covered by insurance? What is, what is the issue there? Um, think. Okay, that is a whole podcast. Um, I lecture on this topic in college about healthcare policy and finance. 
why is it not? Uh, okay. <laughs> Can we hope that it will eventually? No, be it will not be covered. It will never be covered. Okay. It it's will never probably, be covered. It will never is it be a competition. Yeah, it sounds no, no, like competition to doctors. It's is not it? competition. It's just not structured. The the system of healthcare in this country it works on codes. You must have a diagnosis code, and and then there's procedure codes, and all of this is the absence of that. Right. I spend time. I just spend forty five minutes on follow up with my patient, talking about you know how to manage her stress how she should take her supplements. There's no code for that. So I can never get paid for that through insurance. The amount of time that any one of us spends on a functional medicine patient one-on-one, there's no code on the planet that can compensate anyone for that time. It's not possible. And a lot of times there's also no diagnosis code because there's no diagnosis. There's just no way that this will fit into the current system. It's just not possible. There's no malice. There's no competition. It's, It's not even... It's two different languages. It, it can't happen. So if I know for it to happen, it's not happening. Okay. Because in my head, I was thinking, oh, it's the drug companies. They want to sell their no. crap. And it's like, no. No, the drug companies have their own agenda and there's different issues with that. But on this particular, on this particular, it's it's just not possible. The, it, the healthcare system is is driven by volume. You have to see a lot of, like time is not a factor. And you need time to do this. Your time, education, prevention, right? It's it's just it's just like they don't do they pay they don't pay for the gyms they don't they don't pay for anything preventative. You just they don't pay for Pilates either. No, yeah, it doesn't fit an algorithm. I, I don't have a code either. Exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly. But yeah. but listen, ultimately, it is. I, I get that there there are some people that truly, truly, truly cannot afford it, and it and. I am, it's unfortunate and my heart goes out to it. But for many people listening, it's really a matter of priorities and the understanding that you will end up spending this money on the medication that you need 10 years from now because insurances only cover so much. You will end up spending this money if you don't turn this around and you will also lose a bit, you know, function. So you won't be able to, you know, be at the top of your career or, or you're going to need assistance at home. One way or the other, you are paying this money. So you either pay it up front and get your get it together and get yourself to a place where you can function optimally and not need as much help and you know be able to work and be with your loved ones, whatever your world looks like, or you will pay it at the end of your life with assistance and medication. But one way or the other, you're paying for it. You know, this is going to be a future podcast of mine that I've recorded that will be air after the summer around that topic. <laughs> so let's talk about the new method that you invented tell us more about it i know you you touched on it but i want the listeners to know more about it and and yeah tell us i appreciate it so um like i said it's i started at at eg healthcare and then my wife had a personal journey won't get into it now it's in the book and i realized that there was more to medicine so I started bringing it back to my practice, like a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time. And then I realized that th- this is really where it's at for me. Um, but coming from a place of, of science, I need everything to be methodical. I need everything to be kind of measured. And I need to, to really rely on data. I didn't want it to be um, haphazard. <laughs> so 
I created a system where we're really using the patient's symptoms to let us know if the interventions are working, right? Because especially my patients who have normal labs, like what am I tracking? Or even if you have abnormal labs, if your cholesterol is high, it's nothing to do with how you feel, right? If you have a positive ANA, which is rheumatological factor, like there's nothing to track with that. Um, I also don't track weight because I have people who are very thin, who don't feel well, and I have people who are heavy and they feel great after working with me for like a few weeks and they only lost like five pounds. So it's not, it's it's just not a, a scale game either. So, um, so we use the symptoms and then we, we methodically target what's going on and, um, and then we use the symptoms to see if, if our interventions are working. So I, I work, I don't usually take on one-on-one patients at this point anymore, but I, I have coaches that work with me and I, um, but I do see all my game changers. We call our patients game changers because change the game of your life. So every single week. I sit on a Zoom for an hour and a half and whoever is my game changer gets to hop on, ask questions. So I have this constant interaction with them. And it's really, it's been so, I, I can't tell you how, how gratifying it's been to, you know, just before this, I just did a follow-up and the patient said to me, you know, my life has changed, not because I have special magical powers. I don't have special magical powers. I just created a system where we could, like go line by line and say, oh, your headache got better. Great. You know, this didn't get better. Really. And I listen, I really listen. And I look at the whole, like this patient's nutrition was right, but we just spent the whole time talking about how to manage her stress and, and when she could take our supplements. So it's not, oh, it's, it's never one thing. It's all of it together. So that's what the new method is about. It's called the new method spelled with a K because you always knew there was a better way. The patients know. They're like, I knew something was going on. I knew there had to be a better answer. I know I'm not crazy. They know. And in the method, because I really wanted to be very designed in a way where we could track and, and you know, make uh, changes as necessary. Absolutely. You know what? Tracking to me is key. When I hear, oh, I don't want to track my nutrition. Oh, I don't want to track my this. It's like, well, how are you going to hold yourself responsible for the tests or the things you're doing in your lifestyle? Or in your case, how do you feel better if you don't track? Right. And we we do the tracking for you. So you don't have to track. Ooh. Yeah. So, I mean, right before every meeting, we send you something that you have to put in. But it's not like homework. You just have to do it before the meeting. And then we graph it for you and we track it for you. So we use really cool software for it. Um, but it's really necessary because also once you start feeling good, we were just saying that earlier, once you start feeling good, so you forgot that you came in with a level four headache. And now you're like, you know what? My elbow is killing me. I really don't feel well. And then we look back and we're like, wow, the headache's gone. The runny nose is gone. You're not clearing your throat anymore. Your stomach ache is gone. We're just down to elbow. Awesome. Let's talk about it. <laughs> so people forget how good they're starting. It's very, very true. It's very true. Efrat, what other advice do you have before we close today for our listeners or action steps or marching orders or whatever you want to call it? <laughs> um, wh- what I want to say is that sometimes this is really overwhelming listening if you're listening you probably is not the only podcast you listen to you probably listen to all the health podcasts your 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 page on your social platform is probably full of health advice and it's overwhelming so my advice is just start somewhere and start small it doesn't have to be all or nothing and it doesn't have to be all tomorrow 
like one small thing. I just talked to someone, she just does Pilates once a week. You know what, a year later, from that once a week of Pilates, her whole core has changed and her back pain has gone away because of course it's just once a week from zero. It doesn't have to be every day and she can only do it on Sunday. It's the only day she does not working or somebody who is just eating, you know, 50% less sugar. Like, yes, it's great if you were sugar free, but 50% is also good. So just do something small that is sustainable. It is better than going on a 30 day challenge and then going right back to where you were. Something small, something sustainable, keep it up and you will see the, t the d difference over time. And forgive yourself and love yourself. Oh, yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> Everett, I appreciate you being here and sharing all your wisdom with our listeners on the show. And um, I want to say thank you. Thank you so much. It was, a, it was a pleasure being here. Thank you. Thank you. This was such a powerful conversation with Dr. Everett Lemandre, and I know you had a lot of aha moments just like I did when I had prepared for the episode and I was set on talking about fibromyalgia only and I was blown away by what else we learned in this episode. So I encourage you and I want you to go right now onto your phone or your desktop, wherever you are, and start sending me an email at heike at heikeyates.com, heike at heikeyates.com with in the title, right in your head or symptoms and tell me what your biggest takeaway was from this episode. I really want to know and I want to know from everybody who listens because it means the world to me when you respond and you tell me what your thoughts were around this episode. And if all of the listeners are emailing me, it's going to be a little while until I can respond to everybody. But I want you to tell me about yourself, about your health, how you take in charge of your health. So it's either in your head or symptoms and share your story, your experience, or what you thought about this episode. I would love it. So with that, I'm out of here as I like to say, and I'll see you next time on the Pursue Your Spark podcast.